Chapter Seven of Peggy Raymond's School Days, or Old Girls and New, by Harriet Lemus Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: A Mysterious Disappearance. Peggy dear," said Kitty Fox tenderly, "what would you especially like for Christmas?" Peggy prefaced her answer by a look of mock severity which brought the pretty color into the freshman's cheeks she caught peggy's hand coaxingly tell me please darling don't be cross peggy's judicial aspect relaxed a trifle despite her efforts well then i should like one of those red striped pencils they sell at foster's with a rubber on the end don't be horrid peggy without losing her hold on the hand of the older girl kitty showed her dissatisfaction by a little pettish stamp of her foot as if i'd give you a pencil say a christmas postcard then price one penny peggy because peggy declared firmly i'm not going to let you give me anything nice you silly little kitty why should you be squandering your allowance on me there was a sincerity about peggy's protest which carried conviction clearly it was not a perfunctory concession to the proprieties kitty pouted peggy guessed that the tears were trembling under her drooping lids i don't see why you won't let me do anything nice for you marian o'neil is just lovely to estelle she lets her take her to the matinee and buy her candy you won't let me pay your car fare even before peggy could defend herself against the accusation marian o'neil came into view at the end of the corridor escorted by a first-year girl who was carrying her books forgetting her late criticism of her idol kitty clutched peggy's arm look she exclaimed intensely rose is trying to cut estelle out poor estelle i believe it would kill her if marianne liked somebody else better oh you silly children peggy groaned when you talk that way i want to shake you she stood watching her classmates advance her brow knitted perplexedly marianne was a tall handsome girl who throughout her school course had enjoyed a degree of popularity rather difficult to explain certainly it was not her unselfishness which made her liked for marianne was thoroughly consistent in always thinking of herself first now that she had reached senior dignities she was heartily enjoying the havoc she wrought in the hearts of the susceptible freshmen without doubt she was not indifferent to the loaves and fishes as amy lassell put it but peggy guessed that the realization of her power over the younger girls gave her a keener pleasure than the material proofs of their devotion rose fletcher was helping marianne off with her coat when estelle burdick appeared estelle gave a little start at the sight of her rival's occupation and the angry color flared into her thin cheeks peggy could hardly suppress a smile at the girl's air of consternation though she was more sorry than amused it's fun for marianne thought peggy playing one freshman off against another and setting them all by the ears but oh dear i wonder she doesn't see that it's a serious matter with some of them i don't worry about rose she's a level-headed youngster and she won't go too far but that little estelle burdick is different material i do wish marianne wouldn't tease her so estelle came into the cloak-room making a visible effort to control her excitement marian was at the mirror arranging the fluffy light hair which framed her pink and white face so charmingly she did not seem aware of estelle's entrance rose fletcher
however greeted her classmate with a bright little smile in which there was more than a suggestion of mischief if i don't see you at luncheon said rose addressing marian i'll wait for you at the east entrance after school very well marian replied carelessly and estelle's thin face took on a brighter color marian she said in a singularly incisive voice will you go with me to the melba concert saturday afternoon every girl within hearing caught her breath peggy let her french grammar drop good gracious she thought as she stooped to recover it the melba concert tickets three dollars marian certainly will put her foot down but marian turning slowly from the mirror showed a pleased pretty face it was evident that the idea of declining the invitation had not entered her head why that would be awfully nice estelle the unexpectedness of the invitation had startled her into real enthusiasm quite unusual for marian who ordinarily accepted all such tributes as her due i'd love to go then i'll get the tickets this afternoon there's pretty sure to be a crowd there was a ring of triumph in estelle's voice and rose fletcher looked crestfallen she had asked marian to go with her to the skating rink at the close of school but the magnificence of estelle's invitation made her feel of no consequence whatever peggy following her into the hall laughed at her downcast face you little goose said peggy with the cheerful candor possible only with one's intimate friends what do you care rose laughed ruefully when she begins to talk about melba concerts she's out of my class estelle's father isn't a bit rich she went on after a moment he works in the post office you know i don't see how estelle can throw money around the way she does for the next few days marian and estelle were inseparable and the freshman went about with her chin in the air like one sure of her ground while rose fletcher and other aspirants for marian's favor modestly withdrew into the background peggy who had noticed estelle's uplifted air with a blending of amusement and pity was really shocked when she came into the cloak-room early friday morning to find estelle weeping in marian's arms her head upon the older girl's shoulder and marian aroused for once from her chronic cheerful self-absorption was making energetic efforts to comfort her peggy supposing the scene the termination of one of the lovers quarrels which were not infrequent results of the freshman's exaggerated devotion and absurd jealousy hung up her wraps hastily preparing to beat a quick retreat but marian checked her as she turned to go come here peggy tell estelle that she simply must stop crying peggy advanced and looked judicially at the heaving shoulders of marian's disconsolate admirer i think she'd stop if she wants to do any work to-day she declared yes it isn't any use to take on so estelle said marian patting the unsteady shoulders gently of course it's a dreadful disappointment but why what's happened exclaimed peggy estelle made a choked effort to explain broke down and sobbed and marian took up the story she left her purse in her desk when she went home yesterday peggy she was late leaving and she had two or three errands to do on the way home so she didn't take the car that's why she didn't find out about the purse till it was too late to come back for it but she wasn't really worried because she stayed so late yesterday and nearly everybody had left then she came early this morning and went right to her desk the purse was there but the tickets were gone the tickets yes for saturday estelle was going to take me to the melba concert estelle's sobs broke forth afresh 
again marion patted her shoulder with unwonted solicitude peggy too was overflowing with sympathy the concert tickets had been a piece of extravagance to start with but it was certainly hard that after estelle had spent so much more than she could afford she should miss the pleasure to which she had been looking forward have you reported it at the office peggy asked after she had joined heartily in marian's efforts to restore estelle's composure estelle wiped away her tears i don't think i shall say anything about it not report a thing of that sort oh estelle i think that's a mistake she feels this way explained marian again acting as spokesman that even if there was any chance to get the tickets back it would be too late for the concert and makes everything so disagreeable to have it get around that something has been stolen yes i know peggy said uneasily but if the thief she stopped on the disagreeable word and sought vainly for one less uncompromising if the one who did it she resumed isn't found out now she's as likely to do it another time did you lose any money just a little said estelle not enough to amount to anything peggy could well believe it she was sure that after paying six dollars for concert tickets estelle would have little remaining i'd see dr radford about it she urged or else miss leeton it seems to me we haven't any right to keep it to ourselves but though peggy pressed this view of the question with unwonted insistence she was unable to bring either of the others to share her opinion the unpleasantness resulting from starting a campaign for the apprehension of the thief seemed paramount in the minds of both girls don't mention it please peggy begged estelle i really didn't mean anybody should know except marian i won't speak of it of course peggy promised it was not her business to report the loss but she was uncomfortably certain that if estelle held her peace further mysterious disappearances would take place the fact that the two concert tickets were missing from the purse with only a trifle of money made it seem probable that one of the girls was the culprit at least peggy could not imagine that the bedraggled woman who came in daily at the close of school to clean up would be interested in a melba concert peggy kept her promise religiously not even mentioning the unpleasant affair to priscilla but three days later priscilla had news for her i'm going to tell you something peggy but you mustn't speak of it even to amy or ruth all right somebody stole some concert tickets out of estelle burdick's purse she left it in her desk one night when she went home from school isn't that awful peggy agreed that it was awful though with less conviction priscilla thought than the seriousness of the case deserved instead of dwelling on the shocking certainty that the girls high school harbored a thief peggy was very curious to know how she had come by her information it seemed that blanche estabrook had been priscilla's informant she well she made me promise not to tell said priscilla looking a little shamefaced but i don't count you peggy i'm not talking about it you know amy called for peggy on the way to school next morning i came a little early she explained dropping her voice mysteriously because i wanted to tell you something perfectly awful only you must promise not to tell peg cross your heart peggy promised though without the suggestive ceremony amy had requested and amy hurried on estelle burdick had bought tickets for the melba concert and mercy cried peggy you don't know about that too about her tickets being stolen demanded amy a little taken aback yes why yes dolly clark told me 
how long have you known it peggy and why didn't you tell me i promised i wouldn't again amy's expressive face showed discomfiture well so did i she admitted reluctantly but i made an exception of you i guess everybody's made exceptions peggy said even estelle and marion and they were so determined to keep it a dead secret she was confirmed in this opinion when ruth took her aside at the noon recess to make her a confidential disclosure which she was on no account to repeat to any one i'm very sure i know what you're going to tell me returned peggy moodily but go ahead and when ruth began estelle burdick peggy stopped her on the spot it's what i thought next thing dr radford will hear of it peggy's prophecy did not indicate occult powers with the whole school seething with excitement over the mystery it was inevitable that the matter should come to the attention of those in authority one morning as estelle entered her study-room the teacher in charge stopped her dr radford wishes to see you in his office immediately it really was not estelle's fault that the story of her loss had been spread broadcast her aversion to publicity had sealed her lips and was evident now in her lagging step she was able to add very little to the information the principal already possessed she had left her purse in her desk at about quarter past three as well as she could remember it contained tickets and a little money how much asked dr radford his pen suspended over the paper oh not enough to amount to anything estelle answered quickly i'm not sure it mightn't have been more than five or ten cents was there anyone in the room when you left no i'd been alone for some time did you see any one in the halls as you went out no there was no one in sight what day did this happen please estelle reflected why the melba concert was the eighth this must have been the sixth it was thursday then when you left your purse containing your tickets in your desk and friday morning you discovered your loss yes dr radford that will do the principal wrote the date on a piece of foolscap of business-like aspect and placed the paper in a drawer of his desk estelle left the office with a sense of relief she sincerely hoped she would never hear of the matter again End of chapter 7